जाओ पहले उस आदमी का साइन लेके आओ जिसने मेरे हाथ पर ये लिखा था उसके बाद मेरी बहन तुम जिस भी कागज पे कहोगे मैं उस पर साइन कर दूंगा क्लियरली यू आर नॉट टॉकिंग टू मी बिकॉज आई एम नॉट योर बहन बट लेट्स डू द इंट्रोडक्शंस फर्स्ट वेलकम टू द शैबियन मैन पॉडकास्ट वी आर पार्टनर्स पेरेंट्स पॉडकास्टर्स ब्रॉडकास्टर्स एंड एवरीथिंग एल्स इन बिटवीन नमस्कार दोस्तों Now do you want to tell everybody why this filmy dialogue why are you starting with this dialogue what are we talking about this time this time we thought we'd um, you know uh, I've noticed in India that when you join a bank and all they say know your customer this is a new thing there you know they, they want to know you yes so um, I and they want their your aadhar number exactly yes so i thought know your podcaster karte hai thoda sa i'll ask a few questions you ask me a few questions oh like uh, know your fellow podcaster yeah oh like that And actually we thought about this because recently a TV channel came to us and we were um asked to do a little interview for camera which we did and it was about two people from different cultural backgrounds coming together we won't dwell too much on that because we have spoken a lot about that already but you know you mean you said tomato i said tomato yeah you said potato i said potato yeah i say culture you say agriculture more like uh lekin उस पर ज्यादा ध्यान ना देते हुए वॉट वी वॉन्ट टू टॉक अबाउट वॉज यू पॉइंटेड आउट दैट वेरी ऑफ्टन पीपल प्ले दिस मिस्टर एंड मिसिज गेम राइट विच इज हाउ वेल यू नो योर स्पाउस ना वी डोंट रियली वॉन्ट टू डू हाउ वेल वी नो इच अदर बिकॉज वी आर नॉट रियली इन कॉम्पिटिशन बट वी थॉट इट वुड बी इंटरेस्टिंग फॉर अस टू टॉक अबाउट सम यू नो एक्साइटिंग थिंग्स लाइक मूवीज एंड बुक्स एंड हॉलीडेज एंड लाइव इवेंट्स एंड इंपॉर्टेंट इवेंट्स इन दैट इज वाई यू मारो आई लॉक बिकॉज टूडे वी गोट टॉक अबाउट सम ऑफ द थिंग्स मोस्ट पीपल डू दैट अदर वन फ्रॉम दिवार In fact, you said that even Aaj tum khush the bahut hoge. His monologue when he's in the mandir is from Diwar, right? I always thought it was Zanjeer. No, no, it's Diwar. See the thing with Salim Javed and Amitabh Bachchan, it's such a deadly combination. They've got so many quotable quotes, as it were, and all of them coming from the angry young man. Sometimes it's very easy to get. I think there was up. a period of like four or five years with Diwar, Shole, Trishul, Don, Don, or kya tha? Trishul, Trishul. Yeah, I mean, Brandhani. Yeah. Andha Kanoon. I don't know if Andha, Andha Kanoon was in the eighties. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it was uh, Salim Javed no. again. That had, right. that had Rajnikanth in it. Yeah, there was a spell where Amitabh Bachchan and his angry young man dialogues. Each one was as memorable as the next. So we thought we will revisit our past and also cast yet, yet again, yet again, cast a glance yes. at the future as well and look at some of the things that we've really loved over the years. And you know, the funny thing is that when people ask you this, which is your favorite book or what is a, that one film which left an indelible impression? I think that changes with every decade don't you think what we thought of as the ultimate film sorry, or the ultimate sorry. book did in you, the 20s Do you say indelible impression Yeah This I used to speak in Kanpur or Indore Don't you know what indelible means I do but um, it took me by surprise Oh well a, there's a lot more that might take you by surprise So let's talk about some of the things that have influenced us individually collectively before we knew each other after we uh, knew each other got married uh, and like i said i think this changes in every decade because you add that much more experience um but then of course some things remain eternal favorites let's talk about films let's start with films uh hindi films english films both bollywood filmon mein tell me some films that you grew up watching that you, you were really influenced by or dialogues that you it, it know was, off by heart to this day it was that period and that that um, probably late 70s Mid 80s. See, you're one generation oh, before. No, no, it's not like Southern cinema. I saw them on VHS many years later. Oh, <laughs> don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. But 
you're still one generation above me but all those mukaddir ka sikandars and do do paanch and do do ni paanch that was a comedy right i remember shashi kapoor amitabh bachchan playing two teachers yeah do and do paanch it wasn't called do do ni paanch i think that must be in bangla do do paanch you must, must watch be. you must watch the bengali version okay sir so on with it then so and uh, well those are the movies hmm. from that period hmm. up to probably kuli hmm. so i i remember seeing them in the cinema because i spent those that period of my life in india so every sunday whatever uh, we'd go and see a movie hmm. me and my friends can you tell me some dialogues from certain films that may have no everyone knows you? everyone knows that the don one uh 11 mulk wala what is 11 mulk wala don ka intezar to 11 mulk ki police kar rahi hai that's right magar don ko pakadna mushkil hi nahi namumkin hai namumkin hai ha i like the other dialogues which are not that famous like um, i remember there was this one which says that um, insaan apni burai chhod sakta hai kaka hmm he says kaka and what rajesh kanna yeah insaan apni burai chhod sakta hai kaka lekin insaan ki badnami hamesha uske saath rehti hai Like that, you speak from experience, huh? Anything that is else? That's from Don. Huh? That's good enough for now. Oh, you mean English movies? Hmm. No, Hindi. Ha, huh, English movies. Yeah, English movies. I know you are. You have many. You have many. Yeah, I mean, everyone has that uh, Marlon Brando one. Not from Godfather, but from On the Waterfront. Hmm. You know the. I, you do know that I, I went for acting lessons for a brief period in my life. Yes. Yeah. So Lambda, if anyone is interested, I remember one of the things that we had to do. One of the monologues. Mm. The only word I learned there was monologue. Was the uh, the one that Marlon Brando says to Rod Steiger uh, on the waterfront. He goes, "You don't understand, Charlie. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Instead, I'm just a bum. That's all I am." Tali bajana to bajale. I'm sure you're listening. Tali, zarur bajayenge. Excuse me. So, I don't know any any other films. Everybody quotes from The Godfather. You know, make you an offer that you cannot refuse, right? And uh, you tell me some English movie that uh, I would have to say I've mentioned this so many times. The Jumaro dialogues. From. My family is very big on crime. Whether it is crime fiction, whether it is crime movies. So growing up, you know, uh, either crime or those. mysterious kind of things like Casablanca Rebecca we were very big on those so you know that Casablanca line is actually a myth uh play it against sam i don't think that yeah. she say play it against she, sam she she actually doesn't say it in so many she doesn't say play it against sam she probably says play it one more time or something like that uh then of course of all of all the gin joints in the whole world she had to walk into mine you know and uh, there's so many so many from Casablanca um Then of course there are dialogues from uh Are you thought your favorite movie is Sound of Music? Sound of Music it is. I mean I know it off by heart so I can't even quote like one dialogue. I knew it back to front. Um more recently, much more recently from say 20 years ago Notting Hill, you know, I'm just a, another girl standing in front of just another boy asking him to love her. Julie Roberts, you grant that kind of thing. So story, you know dialogues they stay in your mind but when it comes to Bollywood dialogues, I think even my favorite ones have to be if they are not from dil chahta hai and lagan and more contemporary hits they have to be from the golden period of javed akhtar and salim i was just going to say salim i've heard you on 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 air on radio yeah maro dialogues so many times yeah. i still think you do them very well mm. 
just for our listeners could you do the shole mosi one for me shole one is shole mein to itne you know ki basanti tumhara naam kya hai basanti to hum angrezon ke zamane ke jailer hain which is asrani to you know no i'm saying uh, to the mosi one the I mosi one is where uh, jay has gone to uh, basanti's mosi viru ka rishta leke and uh, he thinks that you know obviously he's trying to to uh, present his friend as this suitable candidate um but obviously it is having the exact opposite effect because he's sitting with mosi and mosi saying ki are beta ladki bihani hai koi kuhe mein to nahi dhakelni pata to chale ladka kaam kya karta hai kamata kitna hai so sare mosi ek bar shaadi ho jayegi to kamane bhi lagega so she says kya ab tak nahi kamata ha ab roz roz juhe mein to jeet nahi sakta na aur ek bar shaadi hui to kothe mein jana bhi band you know so even every dialogue that he is adding he's putting to his foot in it is putting his foot in it and he's making it worse and worse and worse for dharmendra's character of course but there's such a memorable it is a film that is back to back quotable quotes memorable we, lines we had so many friends who could do that chakki piso ah, and piso in dialogue now ah, allo chakki pissing and yeah, pissing yeah, yeah. buriya chakki pissing and now ah. uh, a lot of our friends had mastered sharuk hmm. remember that yeah that's true uh somehow i you know i've i don't know what it is because shahrukh is my time you know when you're at university out of university when you're really watching friends every weekend like you said you know in those impressionable growing up years that is when shahrukh was at the height of his fame um he started this one bade bade shahrukh mein chote 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 ha bade bade shahrukh mein se chote chote baatein to hoti hain kakakakiran and all those ones somehow shahrukh dialogues i, I find them you know they they must have been very impressive at the time but um, more than his dialogues i think it is his characters the roles that he did the kind of films that he made popular that's what stayed with me so over the years yeah so it's pretty much the these are the films that we have gravitated to i don't know why you're not mentioning govinda here because i thought you were extremely big on govinda films as well I in the noties which is something i couldn't stand i can't remember a dialogue i mean i loved and absolutely loved the dialogues of um, govinda kadar khan and shakti kapoor yeah when that trio was there yeah. oh, wow oh my god uh must have been a case of opposites attracting uh what about books let's talk about books my god we've spent so much time talking about just films what about books What are some of the books that you've read which keep, you feel they keep changing I mean I I'm not I can't go back and read a book which mm. is very sad you know, most can. people love to read the book again. yeah I can't really maybe the, the odd self help one which mm. I can dip into yeah. like my Deepak Chopra's one which I mentioned many a times yes. before yeah or maybe Richard Bach's um, Jonathan Livingston Siegel or something like that yeah which you can read once or twice otherwise once I know the story I find it hard to reread it There's something you love doing though isn't it I do and I get the impression that you've actually I think I suppose we're all guilty of that that we end up reading the books that are that you're meant to read at a certain time in your life you know like the beatnik authors like all yeah, the Yeah right I went through that beatnik phase when I was young I went through the Agatha Christie phase yeah. then I went through that PG Woodhouse phase yeah. so you yeah. have those phases Whatever your contemporaries are reading what people are talking about Now I'm going through that phase where I love reading Indian authors hmm. or um south asian authors it doesn't matter what they especially if they the books about food and travel and all mm. i really gravitate but i think so. that you gravitate more to uh, non resident indians or or are you just as partial to people who are writing in india you writing about, in yeah, english yeah, in india yeah um, i don't really know any non resident indians that i thought you always pick up books by people who who live in america canada uk here there and they talk about 
uh, their roots and you know their South Asian identity and all the rest of it. But yeah, I mean, essentially, obviously, you're mistaking me with someone else. Yeah, clearly, I am. Uh, with myself, probably, because I do love uh, reading a, a good book on on travel, and Peter Mayer is my ultimate benchmark. Peter Mayer is an Englishman who spent 25 years in Provence, and he wrote about uh, his daily life in He's France. In no South longer France. with us. He's no longer with us. He yeah. died five, six years ago, and I have every single book that he wrote. I've read it all from cover to cover, and I think that is the way to express your love for a country through your appreciation, through your tongue-in-cheek analysis often of how it is different from where you grew up and yet at the same time the beauty of the place which charms you and therefore drew him and his wife to You know, that reminds me of a book I picked up 20, 25 years ago in India only. Hmm. At the time he wasn't that well known. Since then he's, you know, famous penguin author and lives in England half the time. Oh, uh, oh, oh. I'm talking about Pankaj Mishra. He had a book called uh, uh, Butter Chicken in Ludhiana. Huh. I, I thought you were going to say Vikram said. No, no. So Pankaj Mishra wrote Butter Chicken in Ludhiana, which I remember buying from a little, sh not a little shop, a big shop in Delhi called Crosswords. Hmm. Do you remember that shop? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course. It was and a chain. Uh, yes, a chain. Hmm. And uh, you think he has his fame has really, you, he became globally famous since then. You're saying no, at the time he wasn't yeah, so well known. He became famous because um, he was the editor in Penguin India hmm. who hmm. picked up Arunjati Roy's book and. Got her small things. Yeah. And made her uh, what she became. Yeah, I think. The, at least the Indian version which then mm. came here. Mm. So then he became quite famous himself. Speaking of Vikram Set, I came to A Suitable Boy very, very late. Um, I still remember, I was probably far too young when the book actually came out and my mum and my sister and everybody read it and it is a bit of a road you know, stop. It was huge. Just last week or the week before last, mm. he celebrated his 70th birthday. Yeah. Yeah, so this was one of his earliest works, and this is what put him on the global map. Uh, and I, for the longest I mean, time, I found it... 93, 94. Yeah, yeah. I, it was a, too fat for my liking, the book. Uh, but I warmed to the story after... It had a lot to get through. It had yeah. so many different families. No, but that is why he won so many awards for it, you know, because the re research was absolutely meticulous. It is set in pre-independent India. Uh, I and mean, from the top of my head, I remember, was it the Chatterjees, the Khans, the Mehtas? Yeah. Uh, you know, so also the Mehras. Mehras. Yeah. So it is about the Mehras finding their daughter a suitable boy to marry, and then the different men who uh, appear in her lives and uh, in her life, and scenarios and situations where her heart says one thing, but either common sense or culture or her family is saying something completely different. What does Lata Mehra eventually end up doing? That is what it's all about. And I remember we again talked about this a lot of times because you brought me a brilliant BBC audio play. Which had some fantastic names. You know, I it, can't remember if it was Lata, you know, Lata Mehra, Lata Chatterjee. Yeah, not Lata Chatterjee, Lata Mehra. So um, that audio play is what really got me interested in the in the book again. And then, of course, we saw a TV adaptation recently, two three years ago as well, which was brilliant. So yeah, even books. I mean, like I said, I always go back to crime fiction. People accuse me of having a vivid imagination, and I owe it all to my love of Sherlock Holmes, which was passed down to me by my dad. A good mystery, a good story. I'd never been to England when I read it as a little girl. But even now when I close my eyes and when I think of Arthur Conan Doyle's description of... Uh, um, East London? Uh, not East London. <laughs> I think it's very different than the what you imagine. countryside or Dartmoor or, you know, all these little places, all these little pockets in beautiful, quaint England uh, where horrific things happen. I think words have the power to magically transport you 
to any corner of the world. And if you read a book that resonates with you, if you like a story that's well presented, they can be nothing better. You could have got the same effect by watching Midsummer Murders. Yeah, but that's a shortcut, isn't it? See, you still have to make that effort. I always feel that is the reason I say I love radio, not merely because I'm a broadcaster, because I think radio has the better pictures. When you're watching television, it puts those images into your head and you're forced to look at certain faces and scenarios. But when you're reading something in a book or when you're listening to someone on radio, your imagination conjures up the images, which I think is very beautiful. Let's talk about uh, music. Yeah. I mean, you have much I, more to I, talk about I, than no, I do. I'm talking about um, not music per se, but as in live gigs kind of thing. Going to music concerts, performances. Yeah, I mean, I think in my lifetime, over mm. the years, I've been very lucky enough to see people who, unfortunately, are no longer around now. Mm. But, but big names. But left an indelible, indelible uh, mark on me mm. as well. Mm. I'm talking about people like um, uh, Michael Jackson, mm. Prince, mm. in the late 80s and all, they used to be playing Wembley yeah. quite a lot. Uh, the first concert I ever saw was James Brown, and mm. then he, he was quite old at the time, and then I think he passed away a few years later. And you said that you've also seen Elton John and talking yeah, about yeah, people yeah. who are legends who are around yeah, now, of yeah, course. Yeah. Did you ever see Queen? You did, Live Aid, right? No, I didn't see you Live didn't. Aid, I was in India. Okay. Uh, but of course, recently, more recently, since we've been here together, since we've been married and back in uh, London, We've seen so many from Bob Dylan to uh, um, the Big Bang to uh, Rolling Stones. Uh, some of the, I mean, biggest gigs, you know, going. Look at this week in Hyde Park. We've uh, been, yeah, week, the SD. We've got Rolling Stones, we've got the Eagles, we've got Adele, we've got... Ed Sheeran. Uh, we've got Elton John. Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses in football stadium. Yeah. No, this year is extra special because after two years of COVID, everyone wants to go out and party. But you're right. I think nothing beats the That's vibe. just this weekend, plus Glastonbury yeah. last weekend. Nothing beats uh, a live concert. And I'm actually going back to my impressionable years, my university years, which is where I developed my love of classical Indian music and uh, which especially instru which instrumental is, which music. Which instrument? You know, for the Santur. Pandit Shiv Kumar Sharma, who sadly passed away recently. For the uh, Masuri, it was Hari Prasad Chaurasia. For the Sitar, Amjad Ali Khan Sahab. Um, tabla, Zakir Hussain. Vocals, so many, you know, from... Rajan Sajan. Uh, Rajan Sajan you Mishra, know to Kishori Amonkar. I've seen uh, loads of these myself as well. Yeah, Kishori Amonkar, Rajan Sajan Mishra. Uh, uh, then uh, oh, Bhim Sen Joshi has passed away. Absolute legends, you know, and these were part of, they would do the university circuit in India, it was called Spikmake, Society for Promotion of Indian Classical Music and Dance. I saw a lot of them at, um, is it, uh, I forgot the name now, Kamani Auditorium? Kamani Auditorium, yeah. yeah. And so I always talk about there. this one concept that Times of India organized, which I found absolutely brilliant because it gave us a reason to stay up all night as well. It was called the Sangeet Surya Parikrama. So it started at five in the evening and it finished at 5 a.m. the next morning and each person who came on whether it was on the vocals or an instrumental they sang a rag which was appropriate for that time of day so with each rag with each performance you know you were given a little insight into what they were singing why they were singing it when the moon had just come out or why they were singing it in the raat ka pehla peher jise kehte hain you know it's such a brilliant way of learning about your culture your heritage things that are intrinsic to who you are without I remember by any chance would you but i remember hosting this there were quite a few of us on stage hmm. i don't know if you were there but it was under the ruins of horse cars no i wasn't there i remember you hosted this you know, and it was it a sufi concert kind of I thing i can't remember but it went all over india and mm -hmm. you know 
it was phenomenal the amount of people who watched it yeah that way i feel that we are so lucky that we've seen these concerts in india and here it's not that i mean i know london is where the entire world wants to come and perform and it has just as much diversity in terms of uh the musicians who play here from all over the world but i think thanks to living in india we got to see the best of all the brian adams and spice girls and all these people who made it there and we got to see sufi concerts and we got to see classical instrumental stuff which if you've seen the masters in action live once in your lifetime it just changes you as a person forever i feel uh but that's it i think that we should talk about one last thing which is what which is uh holidays Tell me about some nice holidays that that come to mind. I can't think of any that come. To, we've been to many places. Mm. What's come to mind? But it doesn't have to be uh, us no, together. No, no, Maybe no, no. you growing in, up in the future. Mm. It's just to show you that I'm getting old now. Yeah, I speak for yourself. Li- I would like to go on a cruise one oh day. Oh my God, you are getting old. You know, I just like to sit back, see six, seven different cities. Can I just say that there's a very famous cruise uh, company? I'm not going to take their name in this country. which only allows people of a certain age you make that age bracket i don't still i'm very <laughs> just, happy to say just just so yeah cruise you know what i see as my ideal holiday to top all holidays i mean right now i can't afford it i doubt if i'll ever be able to afford it but well, it has even, to be even with all these ads you do even with all these ads i do it has to be a trip on the orient express because it is the ultimate railway journey It is the ultimate luxury in traveling on wheels. Not only do you pass exotic destinations, you're constantly fed that uh murder on the Orient Express narrative in your head, especially if you've been an Agatha Christie fan, you think of all the wonderful places where the train stops, you think of all the possibilities. What is it, where is it from? It's from Istanbul to Vienna or is it from Paris is, to No, no, no. Istanbul and then via it it does a lot of to Paris maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it does a lot of that Turkey and all that as well. It's absolutely fantastic. So not just the range in terms of what you see outside your window. But what about the Indian equivalent? Isn't that Maharaja Maharaja Palace on Wheels? Palace on Wheels. Yeah. See, Palace on Wheels come more for the destinations. That is mostly Jaipur and all. It is Jaipur. Again, it's meant to be extremely exotic and beautiful. We may have seen most of those cities individually. The Golden Triangle is an uh-huh. iconic. But I think uh, yeah, it would be quite an experience, but for me it has to be the Orient Express. Um that is my dream journey. But uh, until then we've got loads of um, other holidays to look back on and, and you, you better keep saving then. And yeah, and uh, think about. So that's that. It wasn't so much about how well do we know each other, but looking back on what has really left an impression. uh and things that we still remember to this day very fondly i read somewhere now that i'm approaching my birthday i may as well tell people i read somewhere that when you get to a certain stage in your life your mind automatically filters out a l- entire chapters from your life you forget about holidays that you've been to you forget about weddings that you've been to you forget about important significant things that at the time seemed extremely important to you you completely forget about these why because apparently your emotional memory only holds on to things which continue to have a significance in your life so you know if somebody turns around and says oh do you remember like 35 <laughs> years ago <laughs> when sorry, we went there where, where are you going with this you do you remember our wedding of course everybody remembers their wedding who doesn't remember a nightmare ha 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 but a stressful event is what i meant but uh, that's not what i'm talking about that is like a life changing event but i'm saying that not something as significant as that but you know at the time if you've been on say a boys holiday or I've been on a girls road trip or somewhere and you feel oh my god like nothing can top this there comes a time in your life you know 
when you've moved on, when you've added so much more to your experiences that you completely, your mind subconsciously obliterates these memories. No, but I have to add a comment to that. Which that is? When you meet certain friends, mm. old friends after a yeah. long time, you, pick you up automatically go into that space and say, do you remember this? Yeah. Do you remember what we did then? Yeah, that's and true. And it's crystal clear. Again. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe that's what old people say. That's a sure sign that we are aging. We're heading into the twilight years. But uh, well, that's it. I think we're gonna we're gonna sign off now. And uh, thank you so much to all those who continue to download this podcast and bump up our numbers. Manish Sahi's favorite pastime is looking at how many downloads, and we're nearing fifty thousand now. And we would just like to say a big, big thank you to all those people who tune in from around the world and give us so much love and give us the encouragement to keep coming back to this every two weeks. Until then, ciao. See you later. Bye bye. Bye bye now.